This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in my home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I'm going to ask you the traditional question that I ask you at the beginning of every one of these episodes, but because it's almost Halloween time, I'm going to ask you in a spooky voice. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. How are you? <laughs> well, better after hearing it asked in the spooky voice. <laughs> I don't think that would be better most of the time, right? If it was just like a Tuesday in, you know, December or whatever, and somebody's <laughs> like, how are you? Well, I guess then it would be sort of ghosts of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's so just May. kind of like having fun That would fun be creepy in May. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like it. I mean, maybe not all the time, but just the it brings an unexpected smile. Oh, good. Here, let me try it for you. How are you? (laughs) You are too musically talented. There was a lot of rhythm in that. So it sounded (laughs) like a beat was going to drop. But up, but up. (laughs) You know, I think that actually you're a very musical spooky. How how are you is a perfect introduction to our topic. Uh, this week, which is going to be celebrating Halloween. So just a quick backstory. I think people who've been listening to the podcast uh, for a while know that I really like Halloween because I won't shut up about it. It is on my list of not shutting up about topics along with Star Wars is spooky stuff. You know, I just I really love it because just ever since I was a little kid, even before I liked super like scary horror, I was just really taken by any sort of gothic imagery like a castle in a cartoon, a castle on a hill with lightning in the background was just like magic to me. I liked the count on Sesame street. He was like my favorite along with super Grover. Cause it was like a superhero and a monster, like a true monster, <laughs> the count. He's so spooky and there are bats. And like long before I could even articulate or why I was just really drawn to it. Um, and then as I got older, really uh, realizing that a part of the reason that I liked the, uh, the holiday of Halloween is because it is, uh, to me, it is like so, uh, so much of a really honest, really human holiday, the way it's developed. Like I like other holidays, but I feel like um, there is this sense of uh, like with uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or Fourth of July, there are kind of these specific larger cultural ideas at work in them that are often about like community. Mm-hmm. Um, or responsibility to an idea, or responsibility to family, or responsibility to country, you know, or responsibility to history. Mm-hmm. And Halloween to me is about fun and honesty. It's about the honesty <laughs> that there are dark, scary things in the world. There are things that we can't understand, that we have darkness inside ourselves. And it is a a, a holiday about like turning around and facing that and saying, let's not be scared of it. Let's address it and then just on that that's getting into like sort of deep thematic psychological but then just on the surface like you there's never any pressure to be like did you call your grandmother on halloween it is about fun it's about (laughs) dressing up (laughs) for little kids and you know going door to door demanding candy it's just fun there's you know there's no other element to it other than fun Mm mm-hmm and so that's kind of, for me, why I have gravitated towards really loving uh, the holiday. Right now, how do you feel about Halloween? Um, like many things this year, I feel complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tell me more about that. Um, I think, so 
you know, because we are married and have known each other for a few years, that I have um, a variety of reactions to Halloween. I have um, learned to <laughs> learn to embrace it more. It sounds much more. Uh, I, it, it was. It's never been a, a holiday that I honestly thought a lot about. Yeah. Um. And so it's been really fun. Um together to think more about it and why people like it and some of the traditions behind it and what led to it and i of course can turn anything to be related to history (laughs) well i think everything is related to history right right but i just mean like that's often my natural inclination and i think a lot of my early memories of halloween because i loved reading stories about like um Celtic, like Scottish and Irish myths and legends, and so kind of all of the ideas of um, Samhain and you know, like the door being open between different worlds and yeah. all of that. Like Isn't that, that was always a part of it to me. So it's like, okay, we're gonna go out, and are there gonna be you know some kind of other creature out there? Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I really, I like, um, especially as an adult, I've really come to enjoy the celebration of it. And I think one of the things that I really appreciate about Halloween is how much, how much it can be what different people need or want it to be for themselves. Um, right. And it can whether, have nothing to do with spooky. It can be like you dress up as a cow person. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's for themselves, like themselves as an individual or themselves as a family unit or, you know, for people who have the connection to it being connected to kind of all saints, all souls day and, you know, kind of that, the whole part of it as well yeah it can be Um, much more spiritual yeah yeah yeah, it can be really be a time of remembrance can really be a time of fun and trickery can be a time of spooky and gothic and exploring like how do we scare ourselves and why and i kind of love that it it is all of these things at the same time yeah that it it has lots of easily identifiable like icons Mm -hmm. uh, but it is still like a choose your own adventure holiday yeah and <laughs> yeah, and then to add on to that, just the the part of it that's just sort of uh, uh, in a real secular way is just autumnal. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, you know, pumpkins, right? <laughs> and moons. I was just reading um, a thing this morning, and I'd just kind of forgotten about it, and it's just hilarious to me. in this year of um, you know our year of COVID, um, apple bobbing. Oh right, right. Like I, I was like, oh yeah, I remember going to apple bobbing contests when I was a little kid. Spooky, spooky, right? Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> I was like, how did that become part of Halloween? His actual and history also, is spooky, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> it is. And also, like, can you imagine doing that this year? Of course not. Like, that's about like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, my God, you're right? right. Yes, yes. There is this extra spooky, which we will definitely talk about. That's part yeah. of the reason we're doing this. Is it's a different year to celebrate Halloween, but that is really funny to think about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, it's time to put your germs in the bucket that's right we're all gonna bob for the same apples (laughs) now be sure to get plenty of spit in there (laughs) really get your germs in this bucket yeah so this year is a good year for reevaluating some traditions also bobbing for death is (laughs) yeah Mm, mm, terrible horrible awful uh so i want to as we always do take a step back i know halloween was never like the biggest deal to you but just in terms of celebrating Mm -hmm. uh like actual activities do you have any favorite memories of celebrating halloween as a kid oh i mean i love halloween i don't don't get me wrong like i enjoyed dressing up and going trick-or-treating that was always very fun um and you know this and i think we have talked about this on maybe one podcast before but 
the place that I um, lived as a child, we celebrated Corn Night. Oh, that's right. I <laughs> which... forgot. How, I, how did I forget <laughs> about Corn Night? It's one of my favorite things I've learned by doing this podcast. Because you've never just sat me aside as your spouse and said, hey, remember Corn Night. <laughs> it always comes up on the podcast. Right. So remind me again about Corn Night. Yeah. So we, um, and honestly, it's one of my favorite things. So it was the day before Halloween is you would get buckets of dried corn kernels. And um, you would go around the neighborhood and throw them at people's houses. <laughs> See, this is a fun holiday right? about purging. Uh, yeah, like okay. I'm sure it's like an end of harvest thing. And so you're just like, I don't know, celebrating the end of harvest. And Like I, you worked hard and this is the corn that didn't work out. And so you kind of just get to fling it around. I have no idea. So where, which town that you lived in did corn night? Red Wing, Minnesota. And was it, did Red Wing own this like... Hey, here's the thing that puts us on a map. Here's the thing that makes us different. We have corn night. Or was it more the attitude of like, hey, everybody knows about corn night, right? It's corn night all over the world, right? Yay. I mean, I was I was a kid, right. but I thought everybody did corn night. <laughs> and then we moved when I was 10 or 11 um, to Washington State. And, and like- I was like all set to go out for corn night. And <laughs> I don't remember if like I've talked to my friends or my parents talked to the neighbors of like, you what now? I- and my parents weren't from Red Wing. They were, you know, had lived in Minneapolis and other places. And so maybe they were, you know, being adults aware that this was not a thing. But I had not known um, we moved there when I was young enough that I didn't have memories living in other places. So I had not known a world without corn night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just love the picture of that. Like you as a young, innocent <laughs> kid would go to somebody's house uh, <laughs> with just like a big smile on your face, dressed as something not scary, dressed as something fun, dressed as some historical character, <laughs> dressed as Eleanor Roosevelt, and just start chucking <laughs> corn at somebody's house. And then they come out and go like, the hell are you doing? And you're like, right? what? It's corn night. Come on. <laughs> it's fun and positive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was the most fun. Like my brother and dad and I, we just go out in like our, you know, fall coats and everybody would be out in the neighborhood and we'd be right, throwing. So you're not even, because it's not actual Halloween night. No. So you're not even in costume. No. You're just like sensible uh, autumn uh, clothes. Right. And you're just corn throwing on. Throwing and it wasn't like a lot. You just throw like some handfuls at people. I don't know. Like at maybe people. it was not at people. Excuse me. At people's houses. <laughs> um, not at but people. But maybe, that maybe they open the door right at the right time and you get them. <laughs> they know better. <laughs> Keep the we door all locked on there. corn night. We all know when corn night's coming. <laughs> um, but it's, but I, so I'd never heard anybody like over the years, I'd, you know, then moved to different places. And now I don't remember where they're from. But uh, at some point in college, it came up that. And I was like, so we celebrated this thing called Corn Night, and I've never found anybody else who celebrated it. And somebody who I was in choir or something with was like, we celebrated Corn Night. And it was another, I want to say, small town in Minnesota, but not near, so I don't know if it was, I don't know where the tradition came from. (laughs) It was like one family that started this and (laughs) moved to three towns in Minnesota, and so those three towns celebrate it. I have no idea. Someday I'll remember to look into this and when it's not. Not when we're talking about it on a podcast. I have been so lucky doing this podcast uh, with you and then in times where I've done the podcast with where it's a different guest every week where I have learned so many things that it's this fun, like every once in a while I rediscover something that I learned on the podcast because I've learned so much and I'm not the kind of person who retains things unless I actively think about them a lot or Mm -hmm. engage with them. Uh, But Nan, I I think I got to do some corn night research. I think I got to write it down. 
And I think I got to try to write my uh, like super 80s horror film, Corn Night. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I could go stand on our balcony on October 30th and just like throw some corn kernels at the window. Please do. So you could experience yeah. it finally. The night that corn <laughs> came home. Yeah, man, I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, we'll, let, let's talk about the possibility of chucking some corn at one another uh, as we celebrate uh, Halloween. <laughs> For myself, uh, I've got lots of fun memories of Halloween, and I think part of my uh, uh, obsession with it as an adult is that I had some really fun Halloweens, and then I had you know a, a little bit of that uh, '80s scare where Halloween started to be stay at home and watch things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the Halloween I always uh, mention because it was a, a mixed bag. Because I was so excited about it, is uh, my brother and I were going to be Batman and Robin. I love Robin. Uh, it got cold in Minnesota, not a shocker. Uh, so I was made to wear lots of clothes. I had some very vaguely greenish, uh, like corduroy pants. I think I like cut out an R and like, you know, pinned it or taped it to a vaguely red shirt. I had like a pillowcase, uh, for a cape and like a Lone Ranger mask. And I don't know why my parents didn't help me like cut the nose out. So it was an actual domino mask like Robin, but I didn't, it didn't look like Robin and I figured it'd be okay. Cause my brother will look vaguely like Batman. And then my brother decided he wanted to be Humphrey Bogart instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you do. Humphrey. So, I mean, I just can't even imagine we were in a very small town in Minnesota at the time we came to the door and people were just like, the, this kid's got a pillowcase tight around his throat for some reason <laughs> and the other kid looks like he is a private investigator what is what the hell's up with these kids <laughs> get them some candy yeah uh so yeah it, yeah I, I had lots of different fun uh celebrating as a kid and in the in the times where we did get lots of candy and mm-hmm. having mountains of candy and like one of the last times i trick-or-treated as a as a teen i got like a literal mountain of candy, and I put my Doctor Doom action figure on top of it, like it, he had hoarded <laughs> all the candy. It's like great memories of just like the kind of fun traditional ways of celebrating uh, Halloween for me as a kid. Um, before we started dating, and you were an adult, mm-hmm. uh, how did you celebrate Halloween as an adult before you and I were together? Do you have any fun memories of it, uh, or was it just that you were? You you had such a busy life. Uh, you had so many different jobs, and you were in so many different dance groups that I know uh, a lot of your life, I remember from our early dating, was just like, I don't have time off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, ever, because I remember us like, hey, we're falling in love. Let's get out our calendars. <laughs> See, right? <laughs> if we have time for this. <laughs> I, um, I did have to be like, what did I do? I'm sure a few times... Um, I definitely went to like Halloween parties, but I usually worked. <laughs> <laughs> Which jobs? Um, so I worked for many years, and I don't know that this is always that what I did on Halloween. Um, but I think we often had a Halloween performance. I worked for many years at the James J. Hill House, um, which was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and we did a fantastic program that was put together by um, the site manager Craig Johnson uh, called Victorian Ghost Stories. Oh, and so. If um, it was usually like Thursday, Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like for two or three weeks, and it was always a big sellout event. We would do multiple performances a night. Um, And if Halloween happened to land on one of those days, I think we did do it on Halloween, Um, at least sometimes, some years. So I know at least a few years I was doing that on Halloween because, of course, like for a lot of people, it was like a fun reader's theater of um, turn of the century spooky literature uh which <laughs> yeah, so you're just in an old house looking listening to spooky victorian literature that's yeah. a, that's a pretty good way to celebrate halloween i mean there's a lot of it 
they were really scared. <laughs> and, uh, you know, things like the Telltale Heart. Um, and we, you know, they had a great way of like making the thing thump. And, you know, we had these great pocket doors that we would use to great dramatic effect. Oh, for the boom. Um, boom. Yeah. And just like opening and closing them. And, you know, a lot of early uh, kind of turn of the century literature was a kind of inspired by fear of technology at that time period. Yeah. So perfect for that type of a big old mansion. Um, so that is honestly often how I spent Halloween that I can remember. Yeah. And it was great. I loved it. And we, all, I mean, people were so excited and so happy and, you know, whether I was, you know, helping to get tours or working at the front desk or whatever it was like, I always, um, that was always a very positive yeah. uh, way to spend Halloween. I can see how that isn't just like, I stayed late at the office and I did some data entry, right? That you right. still feel like you're, even though you're working, you're in a fun old house uh, being told these fun stories and having people like I would imagine laugh and clap and scream and just like yeah. you're in the mood of it right yeah in the yeah. fun of it exactly so and it's totally about that it's not like I was just you know like you know slinging ice cream somewhere or something <laughs> <laughs> spooky spooky slinging ice cream uh yeah I think for me a, a part of a little bit of my holiday renaissance of sort of rethinking them uh, in the last 10 years or so is that as I became an adult, you know, my honestly, probably my primary obsession was just writing and performing. And that's that's where I felt alive. That's where my community of friends, uh, you know, were all centered around performing. Um, so any holiday that I could turn into a performance was great. And mm-hmm. like, I remember getting to that point where like, uh, I would do like holiday themed uh, uh, winter shows in late November, early December, and I'd be like, well, I did Christmas. Oh, wait, no, Christmas hasn't actually happened yet. So I, <laughs> my, my holiday focus was very show-based. So uh, started finally doing shows on actual Halloween uh, in like the very early 2000s. And the one that really sticks out in my mind, uh, mentioned a couple times, the uh, late-night uh, comedy variety show, Look Mono Pants, uh, that I did with uh, my brother and a bunch of other uh, great funny people. Um, we did one on actual Halloween night at the Bryant Lake Bowl. Uh, and uh, if people are not familiar with it, uh, Bryant Lake Bowl is a great bizarre place in Minneapolis that is a uh, restaurant, a bar, a bowling alley, and a cabaret theater. Like, you know, 89 mm-hmm. seats, 99 seats, something like that. Um, so, <laughs> so we were doing just like a real universal movies kind of classic movie monster sketch i think the uh i think the setup was that it was a real like abbott and costello meet frankenstein but you know my brother and i as the scrimshaw brothers i think we're like gonna do a fringe festival in transylvania you know Mm -hmm. and had to stay at dracula's castle and all, all the monsters were creepy um and the way that the stage is set up in uh the bryant lake bowl is that there's a curtain you can pull, but if you leave it partially open, there's an emergency exit door at the back of the stage that's entirely visible to the audience. And if you kick the door open, it opens up onto, as you know, uh, Lake Street, busy street in Minneapolis. Uh, So we did a thing with our friend who was totally up for it, uh, where he played the the werewolf, and our friend just happens to be extremely hairy. Mm. Uh, so we did a thing where uh, in order to like escape the monsters, we kicked the door open and let the moonlight in. And we're like, oh, no, he's turning into a werewolf. And then our friend just ripped his shirt off and he's really hairy. So he's like, ha, 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 he's a werewolf. And then we just very, very like uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, Laurel and Hardy, just, you know, running in a circle, being chased by the fake monsters. And so I'm 
on stage having a great time, sold out, uh, and suddenly realize that there's another person running around on stage with us. <laughs> and it is someone in a scream mask, ghost face killer on Halloween night. And the plan is to for us to run. Is the sketch is supposed to be to run out the door ourselves onto Lake Street and then re-enter uh, the restaurant and go to back down under the guts of the theater and, and come back up, which we do all that. And and while we're doing that, we're like, did you see the guy? And we're like, yeah, yeah. So uh, my brother and I get back up to backstage behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. And at that point, our musical guest is just out in front singing some songs. And we're on one side of the curtains. And we see on the other side of the curtains, this ghost face killer that oh came gosh. in from Lake Street <laughs> is on the other side of the curtains, just lurking back there. And we kind of motion to him, like, get out, leave. And he kind of waves at us, but then he just starts moving his hand around in like weird ways. And he's just watching his hand go. And then he like peeks out at the audience and half the audience kind of laughs. And I think the other half of the audience has that like, this isn't funny. That guy's not actually supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Like it looked like it was maybe a joke when we kicked the door open and monsters were running around. And then Ghostface Killer joined in. Because he came in from the outside. He came in from the outside. So people, I think, watching were like, well, maybe this is just uh, kind of a weird bit, but eh, it's funny. But then (laughs) when he started poking out during the singer's, you know, the singer was just trying to do like his kind of like, well, here's why I wrote this song from a girlfriend kind of like banter. (laughs) There's this guy. And I just had that deep down in my gut like, this is the beginning of a horror film. Like, it wasn't even a joke to me. It was just sort of like, this is the kind of thing that is so obviously dangerous, but is too on the nose that, like, in a horror movie, somebody would go, that, I can't, I'm not going to be murdered backstage at my own comedy variety show on Halloween. <laughs> That's too on the nose. And I had, like, the sort of reversal of that where, like, that is so on the nose that I should be frightened. I shouldn't <laughs> deny it. This is terrible. And I had that mm-hmm. moment of actual uh, true uh, terror and dread. Um, so that, yeah, we so we were just like, we, we, we got to get get him out. And like he we interrupted the singer and, and pulled the guy out and, and you know, put him uh, back out on Lake Street. And he <laughs> he resisted. And then what we found out what actually had happened is the guy was in line to see the show, but was clearly messed up in some way, uh, probably on something. Uh, and the server who, who worked in the theater was also the bouncer for the night. So he responded to other people saying, this guy in line's not okay, and came out of the theater and, the, and put the guy out onto Lake Street. And for people who've never been there, basically you get the front door of the restaurant is a few feet down on Lake Street from that door on the stage that we kicked open. So from this guy's perspective, right before the show's going to start, Poor Ghostface Killer gets kicked out and gets put on to Lake Street. He's like, I wanted to see that show. I wanted to be involved. And then he walks a few steps and we kick the door open <laughs> to the show that he was trying to get into. And he's just like, hey, I'll okay. come join. <laughs> they want me. They want me. It's my chance to be a part of the show. So, yeah, that has got to be my favorite memory as, a, as a, uh, an adult uh, celebrating amazing. Halloween. Just amazing. Yeah, it's just insane. And I'm so glad to be alive. Um, so let's let's uh, move into our more modern history. Yeah. So it, I remember in specific, it was about 2013. I wasn't doing shows on Halloween anymore uh, for a variety of reasons. 
and I was really missing it. And that's when I really started to think about, you know, some of the things I said at the top of the podcast about how much I loved Halloween and why. Mm -hmm. And I really made an effort to start finding ways to celebrate it. And you have really embraced that uh, since uh, 2013. How has that affected you when when I really was like, wait a minute, I really like this holiday a lot. I want to make a thing of it. Uh, how has that affected you? How has it changed how you see uh, Halloween or spooky stuff in general? What's your experience of uh, of supporting me in my Halloween renaissance? <laughs> um, I mean, that, I think that's a great question. I think it has made me much more aware of not Halloween itself, but also just kind of the general Halloween vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and given me a greater appreciation for all the different ways that it can that Halloween and kind of spooky season and all of that can be celebrated and are celebrated and the reasons people like it. Um, because like I was saying before, I feel like there are so many different reasons that it appeals to people. Um, you know, some people like to be scared. Some people like the fun of it. Some people, you know, maybe it's to explore some, you know, part of the world or life. And, you know, some people just really want cute jack-o'-lanterns and like that's all all of it is great and so i think it's just honestly made me think about it more um and think about it for for myself i am not a big um big fan of super scary movies and i have kind of weird lines for what constitutes a scary movie for me and not i don't think they're uh, weird well i guess there's some thank you <laughs> Thank you for that external validation. I um, basically I don't like psychological thrillers because I have no need to have things that will cause me to that will get into my mind. They very successfully get into your head. Yeah. Like I think other people can watch them and, and sometimes be really emotionally affected, but then just go like, cool and move on. Or yeah. or some people can just be really analytical about them. Like that was structured really well that that, you know, a uh, horror set piece really brought out that character's anxiety about being alone and, and mm -hmm. appreciated on an analytical level. And for you, it just, it seeps into your skin. Yeah. And I don't know that it does that much, but it did a lot when I was younger, okay. um, both as, you know, like a kid, a teenager, as an early adult. Um, and so I've always had that, like, eh, do I need to push this? Got it. Um, but, you know, like kind of things that are very, much more in the fun vein, like the Scream series, like that's, I, I thoroughly enjoy those. It's okay. not like that's like, mm, too much. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not. A, there's definitely a psychological not. element to, to the Scream, but yeah. Totally, totally. And I think, um, you know, part of it is where we're at in our own lives. Um, I think, for, at least for me, like where I've been at in my own life in different times of when certain movies feel more okay than others. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I lived by myself for a long time. Yeah. And so not a long time, but for long enough that I was like, mm, some things that are about scary things that happen when you might live by yourself, <laughs> uh, maybe I can watch those at some other point in my life. Yeah. And so I think that was like one of my lines for a while. Like, I okay. don't need to do like, I'm not going to watch a scary movie just to scare myself. Right. Has never been a thrill that I get. Yeah. Um, but not to step aside from that little uh, tangent, I think it's been, but it's been really fun to think about. Um, to honestly just kind of pay more attention to okay. all of the celebrations of Halloween that are going around. Um, and I've, you know, like I feel like living in Los Angeles, there's a lot of, uh, I feel like Los Angeles is a very um, 
Halloween enthusiastic town, um, yeah. you know, and and other holidays around this time as well. And so I feel like I, I see a lot of it. It's been fun to like walk around and take pictures of all the people who've decorated their houses. And honestly, kind of a, a side thing that's done is really made me think about which which holidays and traditions I like and why. Oh, OK. What do you what have you realized in that exploration? Um, How much I like uh, kind of corn night. <laughs> Corn night, Canada definitely. Day. How much I like mini pumpkins are <laughs> kind of the best thing ever. Um, and specific, I mean, honestly, like uh, kind of December winter solstice leading into Christmas in that time. Because that like for me, I mean, that's a whole separate thing. But like that was my nonstop holiday, like performing right. my entire life. You were Nutcracker, being, right? Nutcracker as a madrigal singer, you know, like I was, you know, in like band, like between dancing and singing and performing, like you do nothing but sing and dance Christmas from <laughs> like my entire fall was basically leading up to December. Yeah. And then it was like a whirlwind of activity. Yeah. Um, and also just, I I really like that idea of celebrating the light within the darkness. Yes. Um. So that idea of sol- solstice. Um. And I think I've come to that anyway, but I think even like as it starts to get dark at Halloween, I'm like, Ooh, I really like this. And even now some of the things that I really like are like, what are the, the lights within the darkness and yeah. how do we celebrate that light versus dark? And those are yeah. just seem to be the themes that I'm drawn toward. That's great. Um, from my perspective, you're, you have been really engaged in, uh, in helping me celebrate Halloween. You check in all the time in, in a, in a really nice way of like, are you getting enough spooky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've, uh, found like your, your lines for horror movies, uh, for spooky movies so that, you know, we can find ones that are, Fun or are scary, but not the wrong kind of scary. We both uh, we watched and really enjoyed Jennifer's Body, and that was like a you know I had never seen it, uh, but I'd heard so many great uh, sort of reevaluations of it uh, by mm-hmm. people I really respected on social media, and that was something you were interested in as well, and so we were able to kind of like uh, try it, and uh, it was so great. It was so great. We both really enjoyed it. Um, and speaking of mini gourds, for the last uh, two years on October first, you have set out a mini gourd. <laughs> With a little happy Halloween note, that's uh, that's really really kind, obviously. And um, I guess, uh, do you are you? I know that you are exploring the holiday for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't mean to make this about me. But are you looking forward to Halloween because you're doing all these nice things for me? Like <laughs> you know, I I think the the reason I'm asking is like as I got older, uh, um. I still like uh, getting Christmas presents, but that feeling of where like you get to that point in life, you're like, I like giving presents because I it's almost more joyful to facilitate somebody else's joy. Mm-hmm. And I just I see you doing that for me for Halloween of finding ways to facilitate my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wanted to check in on how that how that feels. Oh, um, so I think the first year I saw the little mini pumpkin, I was like, oh. Well, I'm going to get this and I'll see if you like it or if you think it's weird. <laughs> um, and you're like, a thing, another thing around. And then you seemed so delighted by it that that made me really happy. Um, so that when I saw them this year, I was like, oh, well, you were so happy about your pumpkin. I'm going to get you another one. Um, so, it, so yeah, I mean, I think it is absolutely um, seeing how happy it makes you makes me rem- remember to do it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, and... 
I, I don't know. I think I just, I, I want to th- realize what's important to, to you. And, to, you know, like that, I just feel like that's important to me in my life is to realize what's important to the people in my life and to try to be aware of it and check in. Yeah. And well, um, job well done. Thank you. And I, I mean, and I've really enjoyed it as well. Um, so I, it's, it has made me more of a fan of Halloween and spooky times also. Excellent. Oh, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, I know you are not a huge fan of being scared. Like lots of people, that's what they like about uh, Halloween from a fun perspective and from a sort of deeper thoughtful perspective of this is what it is for is to to purge these fears and to, you know, to let go uh, and like surrender control, be terrified and then realize you're still okay. And that actually makes you feel more powerful, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I've heard people talk about that uh on this podcast i've done a bunch of halloween episodes and i've discussed people's love of not only scary movies but like going to haunted houses that are really like people reach out and you know almost grab you or you know things pop out of walls and designed to truly truly terrify you and people are going for that experience not not just ambiance not just a hayride and there might be a ghost in a sheet far away but the jump up scare the hell out of you mm-hmm. and i know that people value that experience I know you super don't, but going to celebrating Halloween in modern times are, mm-hmm. are right now difficult times. Do you feel like there is more value being scared when other scary things are happening all over the world? Or do you feel more like, hey, world, we're good. We don't need any. You know what? Thanks, Dracula. We don't <laughs> need you as much this year. We have a deadly plague and a horrible threat to democracy. We're good. Yeah, no, I was thinking about exactly that um, this morning, in fact, um, knowing that we were going to be talking about this of kind of thinking through like, okay, well, we've got all these horrible realities um, and possibilities in our real world. So is Halloween, is it more of an escapism? Is it like, is it that escapism, like you're saying, for haunted houses where you go and you escape and you get scared, but then you're okay? And is it like a way to reassure ourselves and you know like watching movies like contagion and outbreak where they solve it yeah (laughs) uh you know like is it that kind of like oh this is how we reassure ourselves now i want to see a movie where dracula uh, solves a pandemic wouldn't that be great yeah Yeah. Yeah. abbott and costello meet contagion yeah (laughs) um yeah so no i mean i think i'm kind of I'm kind of fascinated by that. Or is it a way to really be like, okay, we're all in. We've already been exploring this world, um, you know, enough this year. And, and for myself, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I, and I, I do want to say like, I do sometimes I have very mixed reactions to haunted houses. I think I want to go. Then I'm almost there. I'm like, why? No, I don't want this at all. I'm going to yell and scream and probably punch somebody. Um, and we've gone to a, a few haunted houses together and I've gone to a few others um, in my life. And I, I do have, I have a real push pull about them. Um, yeah. Just as just kind of an aside about that. I don't want to go to a haunted house this year. No. Pandemic scariness. No, no. <laughs> so that's, um, I, I mean, I think, I think it's like, I was I've been reading about different ways that people are celebrating Halloween just because it's um, a, a thing that I'm curious about because so many places are not allowing trick or treating this year. Right. And in, in, in your various jobs over the, year, over the years, you've had a lot to do with 
events in event planning. So that's a natural thing for you to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, what are the ways like, and a lot of my um, coworkers have young children. And so like just in normal conversation, it comes up what they're doing, like drive through pumpkin mazes and patches and things like that. And that sounds super fun and, and great. And I, but I also do kind of see that maybe this year more than other years, we do need some of those scary stories that turn out okay yeah just to give ourselves like our souls just a little bit of respite from constant fear and terror of the p's and the c's the pandemic politics and climate change (laughs) or you could call it politics covid and uh climate change i like the p's and the c's it sounds (laughs) it just sounds like some uh weird sort of a you know instruction you're going to get about how to best clean a dairy queen remember your p's and c's C's. but yeah instead we can have pumpkins and cats instead of pandemic and climate change yeah i I, i'm kind of going with you i tweeted a joke about this partially because it was just like this is literally what's on my mind right now and also just to see how other people would react about like you know spending all day uh, full of fear and anger and determination to survive a uh, deadly virus and horrific threats to democracy and equality. Uh, and then while I'm doing all that, the the main thing I'm thinking about right now is I wish I had more time to watch scary movies. And a couple <laughs> people are like, yes, yes. Uh, and I think it really is about if the act of watching a scary movie, even if you're not um, conscious of it, if the act is I am going to, I have power over myself, I'm going to choose to subject myself to something challenging to prove I can emerge from it victorious. Mm-hmm. Like I will scream, it will get in my head, but I will, you know, push on and I will, you know, triumph over this scary movie that I think all of these threats coming at us are almost like threatening to take that agency away. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's a like, I when I turn, look at Twitter in the morning, I can't control what all torrent of her horrifying news I'm going to hear. Mm-hmm. I can choose when I hit play on a scary movie. Right. So I think there's a little bit of that feeling of agency. And then just a couple of the actual movies that I've had time to watch. Cause I have not last year I went crazy and was able to watch like many, many movies and all of haunting of hell house on Netflix, which I absolutely love. Um, and I haven't had time to watch many at all. Uh, but like one of them I watched is kind of a seminal uh, horror film, one of the very early haunted house films, The Old Dark House, uh, I believe from 1932. And it's great. It's weird, funny. It's fast paced. It's got a little bit of like early horror comedy. It's like, you know, urbane, witty people being urbane and witty about being in a haunted house, but then also being absolutely terrified. And it's not really a haunted house. Anyway, it goes on and on. But you start to break it down. And I picked up on it in the actual film. But then I was reading like uh, Wikipedia about its backstory. And like, it's basically about the trauma of World War One. Like one of the characters is explicitly a vet. Mm-hmm. And then you start looking at all the different kind of damaged characters stuck in the house and they kind of represent different aspects of like the trauma of war. Yeah. Of, like guilt and uh, disfigurement and like all these different things are uh, just wanting to burn everything down. Just, you know, wanting destruction mm-hmm. um and then there's kind of a through line about the contrast of like well what what does give life uh a, a point what does give you hope uh and watching a, a film like that like this is you know a, a really kind of seminal horror film and look what it's doing it's taking something as huge as world war one and putting it through the filter of this one character and helping him process it 
Yeah. And yeah. that made me like, okay, well, that's what horror does at its very best. It can take something like too horrible, too unfathomable for us to process and try to help us process it. Mm-hmm. In a way, that it made me just kind of like, I don't want to see a bunch of just super on the nose horror films about this time. Mm-hmm. But I would love things that are getting under the roots of what are we going through mm-hmm. and and how can we move past it? How can yeah. we triumph over the terror that we're all experiencing right now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Awesome. Um, so you touched on this, but I want to dive in. So obviously we do have some limitations if we want to try to uh, be safe and keep everybody else around us safe. What do you think are some fun ways to celebrate Halloween while being very aware and very responsible about not spreading a deadly virus. Yeah, I think it's a great year to really get into jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because, I mean, it's such a fun thing, but it's a thing that, it's a thing that you do within your, own, um, within your own house, but it's also a way that you share with others. Right, because you can cut it up in your own house, but then you can put it in your window or you can put it out on social media. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's there. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about social media. Who am I? Uh, but, you know, it's there for like the people walking around and it's um, and it's a fun way to get <clears throat> to get actually <laughs> physically into it because you have to get at the innards of the pumpkin. Yeah. Um, and you can do all sorts of like, is your jack-o'-lantern going to wear a mask or is that just too much and too mu- too done this year? And are we going for like full open mouth, screaming, singing? Um, so I feel like it's a great year for for jack-o'-lanterns yeah nice nice uh you very kindly uh took me on a specific walk last weekend because you had been out about in our neighborhood and there are a lot of fun uh halloween decorations so Mm -hmm. i was really surprised by uh by how much fun that was and how much that got me in the spirit of just kind of walking through our neighborhood and finding all the (laughs) all the spiders and all this i don't know if they were designed for this year probably they probably couldn't have been but there's a skeleton that we kept seeing that's like halfway out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And just the way the skeleton is halfway out of the ground, it just looks like it kind of burst halfway out of the earth. And it was just like, is it worth it this year? Should I? <laughs> do I really need to entirely rise from the grave? <laughs> Should I just chill out here? Right. <laughs> it felt very appropriate for this year. Uh, how would you feel uh, about giving out candy to ourselves in our home? Like, not just buying it, but, like, making some sort of Halloween ritual of it. Like, one of us has to come to the door to give the other candy. I love it, but I think let's go even farther. (laughs) Okay. So, we shouldn't go out to the door because we want to stay inside, not outside. But I think we decorate different, like, have, like, a few different little corners or pockets of our apartment. (laughs) And, like decorate them and then we take turns of who who's going trick-or-treating and who's handing out candy <laughs> who, who's manning the corner who's yeah. uh, operating the corner yeah like yeah. maybe one is like spider corner and it's got like cobwebs <laughs> coming down with like a giant spider and another one is like happy scarecrow corner yeah and another one is like haunted house door that creaks open and then there can be thematic candy in each one yeah well that sounds wonderful and then one of them is giving out cocktails. Sorry. Just thought of that idea and had to share it. <laughs> it sounds wonderful, but like besides Cocktail Corner, it sounds like a lot of work. So I think that we should think look at things that are already in our apartment and embrace them as being spooky. Like my spooky, spooky desk area with papers <laughs> everywhere. Well, we have a Halloween squirrel. 
We do. And Halloween Squirrel could give out candy. Oh, we could. Yeah, the Halloween Squirrel is, oh, man, crazy. Got him at Descanso Gardens. And, yeah, I've, I've put the squirrel on social media, too. But it's a wizard squirrel reading a book with a bat on it that says Boo Book. So it's a wizard squirrel who seems to be unlocking the dark magic of the bat book. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Which I love what very much. doesn't say handing out candy about that. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I thought about is, you know, we'll see, every, everything is going to be busy. This is such a weird weird time to have this uh, Halloween, this massively important uh, election uh, around the same time. And uh, for myself, (laughs) new season of Mandalorian, like, come on, (laughs) too many things, too many things. Uh, But I thought it it might be funny. I'm sure other people have done this or would be thinking about doing it. It it would be a fun way to uh, simulate uh maybe not for kids but for adults um a little bit of the trick-or-treat experience to like give out candy emojis on social media <laughs> just be like <laughs> show me a picture of your costume and i'll tweet you a candy emoji I like that I, and i i'd like things like that right now that are like hey the spirit of the thing is more important than doing all of the exact same traditional things mm-hmm. and finding ways to invest in the spirit of it, I think is great. Yeah, no, I th- absolutely. I, I think that's lovely. Yeah. Let's start it. So for the last several years, you and I have celebrated actual Halloween night. Sometimes we've done things, uh, we've gone to parties or, or done things with friends during the day, but you and I usually celebrate actual Halloween night by watching a spooky movie of some kind. This Saturday, uh, uh, that is Halloween, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick out a spooky Doctor Who episode for the morning, mm-hmm. and then we're going to watch a spooky movie at night. So my question is, do you have ideas for the kind of spooky movie that feels right this year? <laughs> Pressure asking this on a podcast. <laughs> I know. My goodness. Well, we're, we're not going to be committed to this. I'm just curious if you have an instinct for mm. yourself. You don't have to say, here is the movie or here's the list of five movies. I'm more interested in... What you feel like is the spirit of the right kind of, I won't even say spooky, the right kind of Halloween movie yeah. for Halloween 2020. Yeah, I I feel like something, something, I'm going to say something spooky, not necessarily something gory. Right. Um, Something that has an element of longevity to it. Mm. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it sounds like I'm saying like I want a classic spooky movie but I don't necessarily even mean that I just feel like I want something that has something that has a long view yeah something that um, will extend past (laughs) past November (laughs) (laughs) you know what I like this because some of my favorite uh, horror movies especially going back to some like the universal classics their time is a part of it of mm-hmm. you know vampires live forever you know the mummy comes back right right uh frankenstein can't be killed he can only be annoyed by fire <laughs> uh and, and they all, a lot of them have an element of you know w- what is it to be alive for mm-hmm. so long which makes you think about the contrast between life and death yeah uh so so for you to say the right kind of spooky thing is uh a a movie that uh, survives a long time and stands the test of time. 
Yeah. Well, and I don't even I don't necessarily mean like the movie itself has to stand a long time, but some some element of longevity to it. An element of longevity. Mm-hmm. I, Interpret as you like. I think if there was a horror movie called An Element of Longevity. <laughs> <laughs> it would, would not do well at the box office. I would definitely put that on our list. All right. Here's my final uh, question for you. Yeah. Since you and I are going to watch an episode of Doctor Who and then a scary movie at night mm-hmm. just for fun. If we could watch a scary movie with the doctor, which regeneration of the doctor would you want to watch a scary movie with? Oh, my gosh. Um, Peter Cabaldi. <laughs> That's so great. That's my answer, too. Isn't it? Which is partially because he is right now my favorite doctor. But why Why did he come to mind? Um, he, He's definitely one of my favorite doctors. Part of the time he has uh, a cloak that has red on the inside. Uh, I feel like he would both be scared scared and cranky which just feels like it would be fun i feel like it would be really fun to watch a scary movie with yes i think there's something about his portrayal of the doctor he definitely has that curiosity that i think every incarnation of the doctor has every doctor has a moment where you should go back to the tardis and they're like but i just need to know what's behind that door and then the adventure (laughs) starts because they can't stop themselves from looking behind the door Mm -hmm. but there's something about the 12th doctor he has just a little bit more focus. And I feel like he would get into snarking. And like other doctors would like get distracted <laughs> from the movie, you know, love the 11th doctor, right? But he's, you're never going to keep him sitting down for a oh, whole movie, right? He's going to spend half the movie trying to figure out what his favorite candy is. Right. <laughs> he's going to be doing like exotic tests with the sonic screwdriver and that like, but you can see, yeah, you can see the 12th doctor fixating on some part of the film that maybe annoys him. Uh-huh. And he's watching it. He's maybe griping or critiquing it, but he's watching it with you. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> now, do you think he would dress up in costume? No. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's the thing is like he is, he's obviously uh, one of the just beautiful things about his whole character arc. He cares so much, but he's also wounded. And there's something about it that that's very Halloween of like, yeah, I care, but I don't want to hug. Hugs away, you know, hugging is a way to just hide your face. Like that attitude Watching a horror movie is is powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to noises to sum up our obsessions. <laughs> okay. What kind of noise do you have to sum up your interest in celebrating Halloween? <laughs> I think that's perfect. I'm not going to come up with a better one. So let's go on to uh, giving some ratings to our obsession level. So this year, right now, celebrating Halloween, uh, how obsessed are you with that from 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest? Mm-hmm. I would say uh, four. <laughs> four and a half. After all that. Maybe wow. a five. I was going to start with a five, and then I felt like that was too high. No, that, that's great. Um, I, a four and a half. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you like this stuff, but it, it's not your whole thing. It's not my whole thing. And honestly, as I think about it, a lot of the things that I like about it, I, I like the Halloween aspect of it, but I also like the autumnal aspect of it. Mm, so, yeah. So that's part of my... Okay. Yeah. How about you? Okay, so you, if it was, if there were more gourds involved, you would go up to a five or a six. <laughs> No, uh, uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. I'd, okay. Yeah. Uh, nine. Yeah. I would be a thirteen if I could. I mean. I mean, you're holding yourself back. Yeah. I, I, no. Well, I mean, it. It really is like I have so many things that I need to address 
you know, and work on. And honestly, it really is like, I'm so excited as a Star Wars person for The Mandalorian. Like, could this not have been two weeks ago? So I could have halloween <laughs> I got a Mandalorian. And I'm so happy to Mandalorian. Right. Because uh, I love it and I'm thrilled by it. But it is like, I would like to pay attention to the horrors of our actual world and trying to address them. Uh, I would like to watch a spooky movie. Oh, but uh, yeah, but now we got the child. I just yeah. want the first episode of The Mandalorian to be uh, Mando taking Baby Yoda trick-or-treating. And like, maybe it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, on the good side, at least it's just one episode and not dropping the entire thing. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. That would be it. Because that would be horrible. Well, yes. I uh, mean, for yeah. you personally, of if you had to watch all of that instead of celebrating Halloween. Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to say it's horrible. I, I, you know I, what I mean. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Would be... Um, I, I, as your wife, would feel the conflict within your soul. Yes. Let me put it this way. It is the terror of too many good things at once because I don't ever want to come across as like, uh, I have to watch Star Wars. I'm thrilled and excited for it. It's just, it is just like if, you know, 2021 rolled around 2022 and like, you know what? All holidays are going to be in the same month. We changed it. Fourth of July is in December. Thanksgiving's in December. Arbor Day. It's all it's all December. That's how I feel about it. Like, yeah. yeah no, it's no, too, I, much it's too much of a good thing. Yeah. All right. Let's uh do some quick plugs and we'll wrap up with our final questions. Uh where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Scrim Street. <laughs> that was kind of a classic Jerry Lewis left hanging uh rhythmically. <laughs> Anything else? Okay, great. Great. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. We will be talking about Mandalorian. And really, I am very, very, very excited to talk about Mandalorian. For info on comedy albums, a comedy book I wrote several years back, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And because there is still time in this election season, if you have not yet made a plan, if you have questions about what's on your ballot, if you have questions about how to vote, you can find all of that information at iwillvote.com. We are going to move on to our final questions, but in a spooky twist. Sarah, you have written the questions, and I do not know what they are, and you are going to ask me. Yes, I am. It might be an even better twist if you wrote the questions and answered them yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And I just sat here quietly. That would be weird. Um, Okay. If you could go trick-or-treating with any fictional character, who would it be and what would your costumes be? Oh, wow. I think in order to go full circle, since I had the not-great-Robin experience uh, and my brother decided to be Humphrey Bogart, I think I would want to go uh, with actual Batman, <laughs> and I would be all grown up, and therefore I would not be Dick Grayson Robin. I would be Dick Grayson in his uh, adult alter ego, Nightwing. Nice. Yeah. Nice answer. I like it. Yeah. Um, if you could have any non-traditional animal as a pet, what would you choose? Non-traditional animal as a pet? Yeah, like not a, yeah. a cat or a dog. And I'll just throw out there, like it wouldn't necessarily have to live in the house. You could have... Like a a pet that lives outside or, you know, in its own habitat. Oh, yeah. No. Well, then, of course, I want a squirrel friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I know some people do actually have uh, pet squirrels and, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 it, it, particularly if they've rescued them and that's, you know, all that all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, you know, we have our this we're lucky to have this nice little balcony. 
if I had like a squirrel who came here to be fed and had a little squirrel bed and could hang out here whenever the squirrel wanted. <laughs> but then when the squirrel was like, look, I, I got to, you know, get out there and stare at a bunch of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I can't let the world pass me by. I got to stare at it all. <laughs> Jumped out on the balcony. Can you imagine if the because uh, you know, I've had these wonderful pets who have come to recognize specific sounds like a. Uh, uh, when I moved out of my parents' home and my chihuahua was still there, uh, my chihuahua learned the sound of my rusty old Ford Fairmont car and knew, like knew I was coming. Aww. And like, if it was a thing where the squirrel was or squirrel friend was out in the neighborhood zipping around and branches and phone lines and you know staring at uh, plastic bags, thinking, "Come on, people, recycle," uh, and could hear the clink of our martini glasses on the balcony <laughs> and the squirrel would come running <laughs> for fun family martini time. The right. squirrel would not be given a martini. No, no. The squirrel would be given a nut. A nut. Something. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, a nut with a little water in it. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrel can cheers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. Yep, that's my answer. Fantastic. If you could vote in any election, well, what, in, is, what, what? What? How many questions are you asking me? It's normally two, and then what is happening? Okay, fine. You can. You I can get answer. a third one. Okay. If you could vote in any election in the past before your lifetime, which election would you Ooh, choose? Wow. Oh, that's hard. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, FDR. I think. I don't. That's where. That's where my instinct goes. Just. Yeah. I, I think because of the time period because i think that he and his era are in some ways the most important historical era that we should be talking about right now because of the new deal and because of what the new deal actually means that mm-hmm. it really was a hey a lot of people are really suffering america is designed to evolve that's what literally the, the new deal was literally a new deal let's change a ton about how America works so people don't have to suffer as much so everything works better and we lift us all up. Not mm-hmm. like FDR is, you know, perfect. Obviously, uh, tons of uh, issues as well. But that idea, I would love to be back in that time and see that discussion. Mm-hmm. And it would be so different and so familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, before all of these things that we're used to now because they're part of New Deal and in the big picture historically are not that old. Mm -hmm. And to experience the resistance to it, experience how it was, uh, you know, pitched to the American people and then to just kind of have the thrill of going, yes, (laughs) this is the way to go. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, final question. What is happiness? Happiness is uh, being scared but getting through it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for asking me these questions. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. What was one of the favorite things or characters you dressed up as for Halloween? One year I decided I wanted to be the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> 